Hey everybody, it's Monica. Just wanted to jump in real quick before this episode to say that if you are thoroughly enjoying Bonus Experience and you want to support us, it would be really, really helpful if you would go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever, and leave us a five-star review and tell everyone just how great and funny you think we all are. That'll help us get visibility and I'll help more people enjoy our show. Please like us, please subscribe to us, please leave a good review, and thank you very much and enjoy today's episode. I read another account of someone um, Someone was talking about uh, I think I, I was reading about like how to overcome imposter syndrome with regards to like writing. Um, but someone else is talking about how they play um, fancy airport chicken. Okay. <laughs> where they dress up really nice. And then they like play chicken with all these men in these nice suits. <laughs> They're like, you just rock in a straight line and you are going to bump into people. And you're not even going to say, I'm sorry. Cause it's not your fault. Cause they should have moved. <laughs> fancy airport chicken. Fancy airport chicken. Let's talk about things that we don't hate. Yeah. Let's talk All about right. our favorite systems. Let's talk about our favorite systems. Let's actually like, uh, this start been, the This podcast. has been recording this whole time, so we have this entire thing about me like, Ugh, I hate these man babies who play this game I like. Do you want to have me salty? Do you want to have, have that in good... there? Should I, or should I note no. this to Margaret? Like, hey, Margaret, cut the stuff I'm out about the dudes Margaret. we hate. <laughs> yeah, Margaret, don't put the parts in about the dudes we hate. Please got, don't put the parts about the dudes we hate. You on that, Margaret? You got it? If you want me to stick She's note? giving the. I see okay, her. She's, she's giving good. the thumbs up. All right. Yeah, she's we're all right. Good. We're good. Okay. All right. We're good. Margaret is the hardest working member of our team. She is. I don't know what we would do without her. Hey, who are we? I'm Monica. I'm Ray, and we're bonus experience. This is bonus experience. Yeah. It's the, the bonus experience you get for complaining before a session starts. <laughs> yeah, when you just hang out and the GM's like, I got this game to run and you guys like haven't seen each other all week, so you spend like two hours talking about like the crazy shit you did all week. Somebody the GM's up just a, like, a hey, thing. about those yeah. dragons <laughs> we were gonna yeah, fight. Yeah, somebody's like, Twitter made me mad and then you have to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, oh girl, tell me about what Twitter did. We're, we're a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. Also, we swear. Yeah, I'm mad about it. Also, we're queer. Yeah, and <laughs> we had most of half of an episode talking about that. <laughs> it's funny because today I went to the grocery store, right? Okay, and I right. have all these. <laughs> so here's the part where we talk for an hour before we actually play the game. Um, I I read forever ago like stories of of women who are like I learned to stop getting out of the way of men when I was walking. Mm-hmm. And, and at the time I was like, that's a silly thing to really, that's a silly hill to die on. But then right. I started paying attention to the fact that, yeah, I do in fact move out of the way of like every man coming towards me. So I started playing a uh, grocery store chicken today. Okay. And the whole time I was thinking about like, I can take up this space. I have a right to walk in a straight fucking line down the Walmart aisle. Thank you very much. And it was empowering and also extremely silly because I was just there to buy like um, frozen vegetables and V8. <laughs> but, I, but I made frozen for myself. Frozen vegetables and liquid vegetables. Yeah. Or the, the, the kids got it in their head that they're, they're going to have, uh, instead of school lunches, they're going to have home lunches, which I'm all about. But they have like these really lofty pie in the sky ideals of like exactly how many vegetables they're going to eat. And I'm like, no, nah, I know you. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll buy them. I'll put them in your lunch for you. We'll see what happens. But 
I think we all know who's going to be scooping those out of the Tupperwares at the end of the day. Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, we're talking systems. about things that we like. Yeah, we're, we're talking, talking about things about that we like. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about your children and taking up My space. My children. Taking yeah. up space. Yeah, I'm kind of and afraid then our to systems. play grocery store aisle chicken with men because I'm skinny and lightweight and I'm afraid I'll get knocked over. <laughs> Genuinely get knocked over. So what let's yeah, we want to talk about our favorite systems today. And this is just this is gonna be sort of a general bullshit thing. I don't think we're gonna normally we do an examination of like what like running and writing in the play experience. That's our that's our shtick, but I think today we're gonna right. just sort of bullshit about the stuff we like. Yeah, and just talk about some good things. Yeah. It's too many bad things. Talk about the good things. Yeah, talk about the good things. Do you wanna start? You want me to start? Um I'll start. Right, yeah. Cool. I actually um one of one of my um one of my resolutions I guess this year is I want to get like more involved and kind of come out of my cage and do just fine um and one of the things I want to do this year is there's a a couple of local gaming conventions in the Kansas City metro area and I want to actually sign up to like host games which I've never run for a convention before and I love doing one shots so why not but that ties into um it was it's half price tickets to it's CantCon in in Kansas City, K A N T C O N, CantCon. Uh it's half price um for kids under or twelve and under, which are my kids. So I'm like, hey, you guys wanna come do this with me? And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Oh. But I still haven't been able to find the game that'll really click for them. They're ten and twelve and D D is just a little too complex and they seem like they like it, but then as soon as combat starts, the 10-year-old just fucks right off. Like, he he's sliding down his seat, he's drawing on the wall, <laughs> he's doing everything he can to not pay attention to combat. Um, which is why I, my first favorite system that I want to talk about, I want to talk about Fate Core and Fate Accelerated. Because um, I think that if uh, if anything, Fate is is the game that I go to when I first come up with, like, an idea for, like, a hack or a new like game setting or some something new I want to run by something I immediately jump to fate because it's it's like begging to be modified it's 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 a modular kind of a system um fate for people who haven't played it before is um it uses a uh, fudge dice which are basically like d3s D6s with pluses and minuses on them yeah but there's only there's plus minus and blank right. so there's only three options on your d6 so it's like a three-sided dice pretty sure it's two of each, or a three-sided right? dice. It's two pluses two minuses two blank six faces yeah. yeah yeah um and you roll four of those and you sum up you know a plus is you know obviously plus one minus is minus one blank is zero and with the way fate works is you rank your skills or in the case of fate accelerated your approaches from like you know zero to three or zero to four depending on how powerful you are but fate is is very um narrative it's it's narration first and then you figure out how the rules fit that and it kind of it's kind of a blank slate like it's it's just a system without anything tacked onto it so if you wanted to you could play um there's a really popular uh like fallout 4 hack for fate um fate accelerated is even slicker than fate is because you can um you don't have to worry about like a whole skill list it's just the six approaches like how clever you are how careful you are how sneaky you are how quick you are how forceful you are how flashy you are and that's that's it you don't have to worry about like skills from there but then you know you sum your character up in like five sentences basically that are your aspects and you can use those aspects to give you bonuses to your actions you can re-roll your dice or you can 
you can use them to just state a fact about the system. Like, because I have this aspect, then this happens right now. Um, and it's just really, it's really fluid and it, it can fit a wide variety of, of narrative first, like settings. It's not as, it's the combat is not as granular as say your, your D and D or your D 20. Um, but I, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's, I've been having some trouble like wrestling with it, trying to get my table group into fate because, and I think it's, I think my problem has been that I've come into it without any setting without anything already on the paper and it just completely overwhelms them because fate is so open-ended and i think the next time i run it by them i'll have it be one of the like one of the specific settings that they offer in the fate supplements because there's some really cool stuff in there like there's a uh there's there's one called camelot trigger that's like arthurian knights but you're all in giant mecca okay, <laughs> which i wow. think is fucking rad yeah. yeah right that's what I, you said that and that i was like i really hope that's about knights in power armor and you were like yes. it's about knights in mecca and i was like yes yeah it's about knights in power armor but i, I think i'd have to run with one of the pre-made systems instead of just going well i don't know what do you guys want to play think, which seems to really I think hang people up if you're gonna run a fate game um, and your group isn't accustomed to group um world building or like setting building which is something you can do with fate you totally can um i did it yeah, with our, yeah. um one of the older iterations of our regular gaming group um we did that together and it was awesome um but you have to have a group groomed to do that and some mm-hmm. some groups have never done that before and it can be very like decision paralysis if yes if you are unpracticed at that or if you're a group that that doesn't quite have that kind of gel the reason that ties into my whole story about like, oh, I'm going to be running at a convention for the first time this year and my boys will be there is I was trying to come up with, okay, what kind of, cause I want to do fate with the boys. Cause I think they would, I think they would love fate because it's very narrative first and it's pretty, pretty intuitive for people who are um, more or less new to role playing. Um, but then I had to come up with like, I don't want to just make it up at the table, especially at a convention that I don't know what I'm getting when I sit down at the table and I don't want the, to completely overwhelm kids so one of the things that they're really into right now is Fortnite. So now I'm trying to come up with Fate Night Battle Royale and, and trying to figure out how to patch in their favorite things about the Fortnite Battle Royale game into Fate and going from it being, you know, how do I take a game that's all about like, you know, basically like Hunger Games style combat of, you know, be the last one standing, but then make it all about narrative and those really cool moments of like, oh, we got in a firefight and I... I pulled out my sniper rifle at the last minute and you know how do you how do you kind of take it out of the 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 dps and the quick reload and all the fucking system junk and actually make it about like the cool epic heroic moments and i i really think fate is going to be able to pull it off and because fate is one of my favorite systems i have thoughts about this but we'll talk about it after the show yeah absolutely isn't Fortnite like PUBG but cuter basically yeah okay like (laughs) PUBG meets minecraft and but yeah it's it's like a very accessible PUBG. yeah I have a bunch of thoughts on that. This is about favorite systems, not how I would design a hack yeah. of Fortnite. <laughs> we'll do another system. We'll do yeah, another we could, episode. We could like help me with pauses. the system we could I'm do, making. We could do bonus content or whatever. <laughs> it's just like here's Monica's design thoughts on how to create a Fortnite this is, game. This is your bonus bonus experience experience. <laughs> bonus bonus experience experience. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, please. All right, is that all you got for fate? Fate accelerated. Yeah, you go. Yeah, what you go next? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of repeat myself here because I have two things on the list that are kind of the same system, but they are different. Um, so my first is is Dungeon World. 
Um, and I would argue that Dungeon World is actually the best edition of D&D because it is the Apocalypse World, or Powered by the Apocalypse is that general engine um, hack for D&D. Um, and I think it's an ideal way to introduce people who want to play D&D but don't actually realize what's involved in playing D&D. Right. <laughs> and I mean that in the sense that, like, a lot of people these days have heard about it because of Critical Role, because of the Adventure Zone, because of Harmon Quest. Um, and Big Bang I, Theory. Big Bang Theory. And, like, uh, uh, the IT crowd had a D&D episode. Um, oh, the IT crowd's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about, I say Big Bang Theory with a scowl on my face. Yeah, but the IT crowd's feel, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. Um, and we, I guess we could do a bonus 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 experience experience on uh, <laughs> uh, how much I hate the Big Bang Theory, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, like, so this, it's a thing that's sort of, like, sort of come back into popular zeitgeist, but people don't realize that, like, making a character is a pain. Yeah. <laughs> I think 5e kind of toned it down a little bit, but, like, imagine oh, a somebody... Yeah. A lot, yeah. But imagine somebody who's never seen an equipment table before looking at that. Fuck, and then trying to explain, like, okay, you get all these skill points right. and, and skill you, ranks. You have to do all this, and you have to put these things into your points, and you, it's, it's not just, you don't just, like... Here's how up, you find your modifier, you add your modifier to your yeah, skill ranks. You, you don't just roll to see if you're getting drunk, and, like, it's it doesn't move along like it does in shows. Those are edited. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make D&D seem fun. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to make it sound like I don't think it's fun, because I've certainly had a lot of fun doing that, but, like... I have had experiences with lots of inexperienced people in which they look at character creation and are like, what are you nerds doing, basically? Yeah, this looks like a lot of math. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this, is, this is work. And I'm like, yeah, well. Yeah, you came in in the, the post-Thaco days, too. Right, yeah, yeah. We, we've made it easier for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but I, and then, like, then, like, play is a little bit complicated, and, like, there's a lot of addition, and Dungeon World runs off of the, the Power by the Apocalypse engine, which is really, really slick. You roll 2d6, you add a stat that can't go higher than 4, you're looking for, uh, 7 to 9 is success with complications, 6 or less is failure, 10 or higher is full success. Uh, your playbook goes step by step all the way down, you don't have to do math, you don't have to assign skill points, you just are like, this is my array, this is my name, this is my look is my thing this is an ability i have i get to pick one other of these things i get to check a box that says this is the equipment i have here's the die i roll for damage boom done mm-hmm. and like when you read it's like 10 minutes even if you've never played it before right. and when you read through a playbook by the time you are done you have a full understanding of what the who the character is and how you should play them having written playbooks that is how you do it you the playbook is an experience it is a, it is a designed to be an experience so when you build a character that way you when you are done, you know how to role play. Yeah, the playbooks are are kind of like short stories in a system form. There, it's it's a really good it's exercise brilliant. in using voice in actual like game like technical writing. Yep. Um, and like when I was doing them for Nergrest for the Wicked, like I have um, Drive and Vice, which were like a good thing, like Virtue and Vice from New World of Darkness, where like you had a, a motivation and you had a bunch of quotes you picked from for your motivation. And then, like, a bunch of quotes you picked from for your vice, and then, like, that gave you a sense of, like, your character, what what motivated them, and what what was their downfall, you know? Um, so, like, other playbooks have similar things. But the point of designing a playbook is to, to give you your character, and even a novice who's never even so much as touched a D6 before could read a playbook, build their character, and then be ready to roleplay when they're done. 
that's how I feel about it. Uh, and, but Dungeon World is specifically D&D flavored. So there's humans, there's elves, there's dwarves, there's paladins, there's fighters, there's wizards, there's rangers, there's rogues. There's like everything you would expect from the trappings of D&D with this really streamlined system with a class that lets you gives you the, the the tools to role play and is super super simple and then there's leveling up and there's experience and there's everything that tastes and feels like D&D but doesn't have any of the D20 bullshit nonsense. And it does um it does alignments in a way that I really like. Oh yeah, it does alignments too as a playbook choice. Yeah. And and it's not like the well I'm lawful good. What does that mean? I don't know. I like the law and also I'm good. Like it doesn't leave it vague. It says, "Okay, you are good." And then it gives you like an action. Yes. Like it's you're good. This is how you express that. And it's a role playing prompt. Like, yeah, like um, one, one of them of is my... I think the fighter has something like put yourself in the way to save another or something like that. Yeah, it's so there's no vigory. There's no, well, I'm evil, so I'm gonna do this. It's like, no, dude, you specifically have it on your sheet. This is like your evil prompt. And it's it's the only system I've been able to run where I'm totally okay with like evil characters playing because there's in very clear terms exactly what kind of evil you are. So it's it's not just carte blanche for some asshole to come in and start murdering NPCs. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. I totally agree with you. And again, alignments, the D&D flavor thing, doing it better than, than most versions of do than... D&D yep. do. Um, so that you can, somebody who wants to play D&D, you're like, here, we're going to play this. You could even just tell them it's D&D, and I don't know that most people would be any the wiser. But maybe that's a bit of a dick move. <laughs> maybe if you've got 10 and 12 year olds who really think they want to play D&D, yeah. but then <laughs> then fuck right off when combat starts. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, the combat, oh, I should probably talk about this. Combat in Dungeon World and in Apocalypse World, but Dungeon World actually uses damage dice. You roll, and the how well you succeed on your attack roll determines whether or not you get hit back. The GM doesn't actually roll for shit. Right, and then you roll your It's own. all player rolls. Yep, and so you, you kind of keep everybody constantly engaged because you have to roll your own damage dice. Yep. Yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about Dungeon World. Um... It's. I didn't have it noted on here because we started like this outline before I actually started uh, running a, a game for the system. But um, Blades in the Dark is like my new immediate, like <laughs> on crush? my favorite list. I have a major game a, crush. I've been in the game of um, Blades in the Dark for the last three or four months. It's not even like what I would say one of my favorite sort of settings. Like I'm not that into like the Eldritch horror or or victorian alternate histories that's not really like my thing i've never played dishonored or fallen london um although after playing a bit of blades in the dark i'm like oh, i could probably get into that um but what i love the most about uh blades in the dark is the system is a really really awesome merger of powered by the apocalypse and fate um and it does a lot of really great it does it's just it it's it's so good at like getting to the action like immediately um blades in the dark is a system where you roll uh, it's a d6 system sort of like apocalypse world or powered by the apocalypse or dungeon world or instead of rolling 2d6 you have um roll uh, you have points yeah you have you have a pool sort of like a world of darkness game where you have like oh i have this many dots in this skill so this is how many dice i'm rolling um the the whole premise of the game is that you and the, your fellow players are a group of ne'er-do-wells, like you're thieves or you're spies or you're assassins or you're smugglers or you're drug dealers. And you work in this really like dark and gritty and rainy and foggy and awful version of a like industrial like London, except it's 
like a like a magic-y world where there's been an apocalypse and the sun doesn't shine and there's demons everywhere and there's it's, magic it's kind very of, fallen london it's very fallen london very fallen london um but the whole point of the game is that you guys are bad guys more or less i mean it's kind of you could almost say it's like pre-cyberpunk because you're not really necessarily bad guys. You're just sticking it to the man because the world sucks. Um, and the whole point of the game is like, it's basically like a heist game where you, it, it's very clearly like you have your prep for the score you're about to pull off. You have the score itself. You have the payoff for the score, whether you actually like pulled it off or not. Um, then you have like your um, your entanglements and your downtime, and then you start over again. Um, and what I one of my favorite things about Blades in the Dark is the prep is basically just where are you guys going, what's your plan of attack, and you know if there's any like oh we want to use this because they have a, like you know oh we want to break into this we want to break into this drug den and steal like kidnap this guy's daughter and hold her hostage. All right, cool. So are you going to sneak in? Are you going to fight your way in? And you decide how you're going to do it. And then as soon as you come up with like a bare bones plan, boom, you roll for like the first encounter, like you zoom forward in time to when you're actually there, when you've actually busted in and the first sign of trouble. Um, so it, because it skips all of the nitty gritty detail planning, you don't get bogged down in the, oh, I better bring this rope. Oh, I better bring that explosive. Oh, I better learn about that. Oh, I better steal that thing for because it just jumps you right into the action and blades in the dark gives you the tools to like retcon your way through it you get it encourages retconning and metagaming where you can like basically say wait no this guard that came in i actually want to run a flashback where i stole the schedule for the guard shifts and i knew that he was going to come in so i'm prepared for and then you actually go back and play the flashback to give yourself that benefit is like okay now you catch up to present day and you have the schedule so what was your plan now that you know the guard was going to come in and it it doesn't it doesn't want you to stop and plan it wants you to just fucking go with it and be adventurous and get into danger and the more danger you in the more experience you get and it's just a really it's really it's really fun it's really fast paced um and it does the whole like succeed with a cost thing that i like so much like failing forward uh it's just it's really fucking cool i really wish i had more people i could play it with well if you live closer yeah you could play in our monthly game but yeah one of the things i really like about blaze in the dark is that on your playbook um you you when you go into a heist you pick your load which is how many items you can declare uh and you get to declare them whenever um and they have some tick boxes that they cost towards your load um i think i talked about in diegesis about my character's coat flying open and declaring heavy armor i think heavy armor costs uh two or three load um and I'm playing the cutter, who I think can carry more stuff than most people can, being the big dangerous fighter person. Um, so I usually go in with like a a, a, a light or moderate load, which is just like five. Um, so I will often declare like a regular hand weapon, which gives me one tick box, and then oh, I have heavy armor. Tick tick. But yeah. the but the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to decide any of that before right, the no, actual I have to score any starts. Any of that beforehand, um, so you I just don't have, have to be like a, oh, just I'm a list a... of blanks. Like yeah. I brought this many, but I don't know what it is yet. Right, like we could go into a situation where I don't have to do any fighting, and I think like I could declare like a lantern or whatever, like some regular supplies or whatever yeah. on my on my tick box, and be like, nope, I have that. It's occupying one of my hands. Or like if a fight does break out, but I'm like, yeah, of course I have a sword in my coat. Yeah, I'm a cutter. Of course I brought a sword. Sword, just, yeah. Boop, just mark it right off. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love that it, it just zooms past the, 
minutiae of you know like like D dungeon planning like you got to bring your rope you got to bring your 10 foot pole you got to bring your weighted bag of sand but in in blades of the dark it's like we assume you have the stuff that you would need so we won't we won't even decide on it until it comes up that you need it but then it can also get into some cool stuff if you decide like oh i only wanted light load because i wanted like a bonus to my stealth because now ooh, i'm i'm not carrying as much so i don't look like a scoundrel but then it comes up like, oh, shit, I already marked off all my load. I didn't bring my lantern <laughs> or whatever. No, no. Now it's like this point of drama. If only I brought my lantern and it's dark and you get shot and get eaten by some eels. I don't know. It's a place <laughs> in the dark. Cold eel on it. Also, you can go to prison in Blades in the Dark, and it does not change your character's playability. <laughs> you can still play from prison if you want. <laughs> One of the things I was um, I was thinking, if I could convince someone else to, to run this game for me, is I want to play... There's a character archetype in Blades in the Dark called the Spider that's like... Um, uh like Varys in game of thrones you know like your typical like your your fixer your shadow broker the guy who's like pulling on the strings um but it you could very like very feasibly just play a spider who is like serving a life sentence in prison but because you're so well connected you could just say that you've pulled all these strings while everyone's actually on the score you could still be in on that and you could be role-playing like everything via flashback or off camera of no i hooked this up no i set that up for them and i if somebody would run it for me i could play that character uh so yeah one of the other things that can happen because you um you have to burn off stress. Stress is a spending mechanic that you do to do things like bonus dice or activate some powers. Or It's also the cost for teamwork, which is like the one thing I don't like about it. Oh, yeah? Uh, we'll talk about this after the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're only <laughs> talking about, about things we like. We're only talking about things we like. Yeah. Um, I mean, all these things we like have things about them that I don't like. But hey, that's life. <laughs> um, anyway, so like it's a spendable resource, but you have to like go indulge your vice to, to, to buy it down. Um, otherwise, you get trauma, and then if you get so many traumas, you lose your character. Yeah, that's how you become unplayable. Yeah, you just get too fucked up. Got to retire, man. No, it's too much, man. It's too much. Going yeah, out to I, work I, on an eel farm. Yeah. <laughs> Whittle. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we can also talk later about. I don't know whether I, or not I like systems that have a permanent retirement mechanic at all. But hey, it's not entirely permanent. If you level up your lair enough, you can unlock the fifth trauma slot and then you can bring a retired character out of retirement for one last job. That's true. Which I also really like that. <laughs> I feel that like is, that's that really, pretty cool. It's really in genre. What the fuck was I talking about? Um, I keep getting distracted by things I don't like. Um, Stop it. I know. Talk <sighs> about something you do like. Yeah. Fuck. There was something else. Oh, right, right. Your character can wander off. Yeah, your character can wander. Your character can overindulge and wander up, and and just sort of disappear, and like Lord to, Byron style. Yeah, you you <laughs> are supposed to roll up a new character, but I was like, look, if I take this, ever take this option, I'm just going to be a character with a different name who is literally the same character. I'm gonna nurse <laughs> Joy this shit. <laughs> Aww. This is my sister. You could you have the choice to elevate an NPC at that point. Yeah, but there was like wanna... a member of your gang that you're like, oh, I that don't want to have to do the work of making a new character. It, it takes like, like two minutes. I was just like, I, but it's funny to be like, I'm a different person, but it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm. That was Sarah the Cutter. I'm Tara the Cutter. Cutter. <laughs> Sarah's cousin. You missed a perfect opportunity to be like, that was Sarah the Cutter, I'm Tegan the Cutter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. 
so yeah, on that note, um, still in the same vein, I gotta put Apocalypse World on this list. I think I the would, other, yeah, the other well, the, powered the, by the Apocalypse the OG, game everybody plays. The OG, yeah, that's right. I, like I think it would be remiss to talk about Dungeon World and Blades in the Dark. Um, and to, like, heap praises on these alternate versions of the system and not also go back to the source. I mean, a lot of the things that I like about Apocalypse World are also things that I like about um, that other game we were literally just talking about, Blaze in the Dark, uh, in that it's the root for all of these things. Um, but most importantly, it is gritty without incompetence. What do you mean gritty without incompetence? Okay, so, like, a lot of games want to be low fantasy and they want to be dark and they want to be dangerous and, like... Um, I will cite Warhammer Fantasy for this one. <laughs> do you remember talking about wizards that shit themselves? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, one of the I problems sure with Warhammer Fantasy is that it's supposed to be a low fantasy game. You're a pig poker, you roll in the shit, you, you're a wizard, you poop yourself. When you try to cast magic, <laughs> nothing works out for you. Blah. And Everything like, sucks. You have super low stats. Because part of the game's design intent is that you will mine for bonuses. Mm-hmm. And, like, that you will collect buffs you will try to like take advantage of scenery or whatever but it doesn't ever come out and tell you that (laughs) so a lot of gms run it without remembering that because it's not called out anywhere uh so what you what you ultimately have is a character who sucks and that's it that's it like also (laughs) i feel like i've shat on DD a lot but i'm gonna do some more of it uh, oh, okay. a, a lot of pre forty editions of D anD D also um, have the same issue. Where like, if you're a level one character, you just suck. A cat could kill you. Yeah, a cat can kill you. You have a plus one to each skill, which is not enough. Is barely enough to reach a, a basic difficulty of ten. You know, fifty <laughs> percent uh, success most of the time is kind of low odds, actually. <laughs> so you. What Apocalypse does, what Apocalypse World does, is create and and Blades in the Dark both is create a world that is dangerous and scary for the protagonists. But your characters are not incompetent. You do not have low skills. You you have the same chance of failure with consequence most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, once you start getting good at things, then that that gap closes. But like the whole seven to nine is success with consequence creates a world that's gritty and dangerous without you feeling like you've failed all the time. Yeah, having that having that gray area in systems is... I, I, I mean, I think that might be what links a lot of the systems we've been talking about here, where it's not this binary of either you did it or you don't. Uh, there's that there's that gray area of you did it, but... But... Which, which keeps the momentum going so, so well, as opposed to, you know, okay, we'll make a perception check. Oh, did you fail? Oh, too bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess nothing happens. It, it's such a it's such a bummer. It's just a demented way of of trying to keep keep something going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Apocalypse World is you know yeah, and it's imminently hackable. It's such a great core system. God, by, by almost by design, it's it's a, just a great like. I don't know. Apocalypse World's really good. <laughs> even even if you don't, even if you're not interested in post-apocalyptic systems even if you're not interested in um what it is like that the the system of like like consequences that apocalypse world uses you should still read the apocalypse world like source material because it's it's just really good it has the best gm section i've ever read yeah i i use a lot of the techniques in the gm section in games that have nothing to do with apocalypse world just because it's such a good like fucking source yep it's just it's just really good yeah it's just really good you should it's just really good 
Y'all should... and, and, uh, and it's, it's produced favorite... by small publishers, so please, by all means, go out and buy a copy oh, yeah. from them. Yeah. Give them your my, money. Um, my favorite Let's Play is doing a game now that's powered by the apocalypse so it's been it's been real good it's it's been awesome as opposed to like they did they did a a fate run recently that was just fucking disastrous <laughs> so i'm really good to see them getting back on their feet yeah uh, to to point out how imminently hackable it is i used apocalypse world at dungeon world power by the apocalypse engine to run a sailor moon game <laughs> yeah i was in that game you were <laughs> I was Sailor Saturn. <laughs> yeah, you came in. Was you came in late, so you missed the really excellent first arc. But the second one was pretty good too. Yeah, Apocalypse World is extremely good. We just got two in. Yeah. Right? Do we want to save some of this for a part two, or do we want to keep going? Yeah, let's do a part two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I do want to. I want to say something because we talked about some stuff last time, and I like felt like I stepped in it a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, so like, I talked about the character in our. D&D game who became a woman and I was like yeah. oh man that sounded really transphobic and that's not what I meant um, also I wanted to point out that I was referring to the character distinctly as he and then she because he didn't the the player did not have a character transition it wasn't like the player decided that his male character was going to become a woman like oh she's gonna do this spell and turn into a lady and like that's gonna realize her true gender you know what i mean like real trans people do who've been like i'm a lady this whole time now i have become something else no it was like a weird chaotic thing that turned him from a he into a she it was a weird chaotic yeah it was like a chaos magic thing oh it was like unintentional yeah it was he the player asked for it it was a ron the half situation the player asked for it out of character as like i would like this to be a thing to happen but the character it happened unwittingly to the character Okay. So it was not a gender transition. It wasn't a metaphor for transness. It was literally a male character became fell in spring spring and became a a woman. Like that's okay. And but permanently, that because Rama Rama gets to change back and forth based on a water situation, temperature, water situation. And for this character, it was it was not a transition. It wasn't a realization of whatever. It wasn't a metaphor for transness. It was literally male character becomes female character. My character in a relationship with them was like okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> hot water cold water was that just an excuse for like really awkward bath are we scenes? now talking about rama half <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yes it was like my first anime and i keep i keep coming back to it like i watched a lot of rama half when i was younger no i don't i don't know and then i watched a lot of utana and now you're gay <laughs> <laughs> and now like yeah what happened yeah so no really more of a rama half situation not a metaphor for transness i really wanted i felt a need to, to, to clarify that so that people weren't mad all right, thank you talking about it, talking about it insensitively. There was very clearly a period where, like, male character, now female character, weirdness had to do Accidentally. with like a, a cosmic, <laughs> chaotic, chaos magic, shape shifting change, and like character was real upset about it. But my character was like, "Cool, I still I don't love think you." I've ever had a a gender change. No, in one of the Exalted games that I ran, the character had a uh, the Hearthstone that lets you change your gender at will. Yeah. I wish I had that in real life. And I had a man. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Especially as like a t- like, yeah. anyway. We'll talk about that in a, like a later bonus bonus experience. Experience. I was running an exalted game where everybody had amnesia, and I basically like had their characters made beforehand, and they had to like remember who their characters were. And it sounds like oh, that could be really vet, but I knew these players really well, and it ended up being like 
like really cool. But um, one of the characters didn't realize that they were attuned to a, a Hearthstone of of gender swap or whatever the hell it was called. And and so there was a lot of question at the end of like the actual like how the gender identity of that character had changed. And it it, it was in a time it was it's like ten years ago, so way wow. before I got woke. And I don't know if I handled it right, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's still like kind of a cool, <laughs> like you have amnesia. So the new, you, this is basically you now. So I don't know, IDK man, what gender you want right. to be? Either if you want to. <laughs> change it if you change want to. Change it if you want to. We're, not time for change it if you okay. want to. We have some more things. Change yeah, it. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Gotta, sorry. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Ray, we gotta go through the thing. We have a we have okay, a thing now. Go through the thing. Go through the thing, right. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can look find us in all these places. We are bonusexpcast.wordpress.com. That's our website. Um, if you want to shoot us some listener mail, um, give us some feedback, tell us what you like. Um, we always welcome your polite and engaged feedback. Ask for GMing advice. Tell us about some games you want us to tell us about your character. We're listening. Um, you can shoot us a message at bonusexpcast at gmail.com. And if you want to, please follow us on Twitter at bonusexpcast. If you want to just find us individually, I'm uh, Ray underscore Cole on Twitter. That's R-A-I. And I am at Zenith Sun, um, like the solar cast from Exalted. I think that's all our things. Yeah, that's all our things. So yeah, change it if you want to. Fucking change it if you want to. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. And our cover art is by Nino Studios. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to save your charm action for a perfect defense.